0: Welcome to Weed Kid Video, I'm Cameron Snape and I miss video stores so much I opened one in my own home, packed with the VHS tapes of the trash so my up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-hosts Kira Jade Opitz and Bernie McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in, have a look around and sign up for a membership. This is Weed Kid Video. Adam business. Adam's back. He's playing the role of Kira again. Nice. That's continuity, bitch. Mm. We we're going to rotate someone new in, but Adam really wanted to do Highlander too. So here he is. We all make bad choices. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that's 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 the most accurate preamble ever.
0: Yeah.
2: Three white iPod.
0: Oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> It Mate. worked out it worked out so well last time. <laughs> old business? I actually have some old business. Ah. They're both I, I actually don't really want to do this. They're both instances where you were right, Brody.
2: <gasps> no, <laughs> no,
0: don't do it. Yeah. Just let's not do it. No, I have to do it. Okay. So somebody on Instagram pointed out that during Guy of a Dark Hero, I kept on saying it was written by Nathan Lane when it was written by Nathan Long. Yeah, I just got that name wrong. I yeah. just wrote it down wrong and I didn't double check myself. Uh-huh. And then I gave you shit when you said that you knew him. Nathan Lane is actually the name of an actor and comedian. I thought so. Mostly from the Mm. 90s. And I did think at the time that that might be who you met. Yeah, but I was like no 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 it's not that guy in my head but I never we move so fucking fast I never yeah. got around to it and anyway. you have
2: so much information to get through yeah. it's forgivable but
0: anyway so he's from the Birdcage Mouse Hunt Lion ah, King he's yes. line. Yep. Sorry. Stuart Little the producers on yes. Broadway with Matthew Broderick mm-hmm. what have you one um, of my favourite musicals The Birdcage fucking what a movie oh, yeah and so I just thought that they had the same name and I was yeah. wrong
2: I just wrote down wrong
0: It nah, happens anyway too easy So
1: wait does that mean that we have a listener listening and going hey yeah, we have wrong. a few.
0: and then getting in touch. Yeah, somebody did on Instagram. Yeah. yeah, wow. And then, and then before we recorded, Guyver, Brody had sent the, a group message with a still of an actress <gasps> from the movie. Thank you. That he recognised. She has one scene talking to Corey. I didn't recognize her off the top of my head and I basically dismissed you because I don't <laughs> like you. It happens. We <laughs> dismiss Brody a lot. And then as it turned out, <laughs> after we recorded the podcast, Brody figured out who she was. He yep. knows her from Starship Troopers.
2: Starship Troopers is a thing to pull from tonight. Uh, it is. I think it's a thing to pull from at all times. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I,
0: I then tracked down who she was and her name is Tammy Adrian George. She plays Dijana in Starship Trooper who washes out after yeah. she kills Breckenridge in the training exercise sequence. Mm-hmm. What's the
3: problem? You Damn thing keeps getting ready! Tell me whenever something goes wrong, it's always you, Crack and must
4: be getting big and dumb! Get up, Rico! You yeah, are relieved of squad command!
0: Side note, she married that actor. <laughs> No, that she kills, yeah, Eric, Hell yeah, Bruss yeah, they married after meeting. The meathead dude, I love that. Yeah, That's great. I watched another movie that he was in this week, so it all just ties in. He's in like Major League Two, which I watched mm. this week. I in quiet moments, just
2: hear, Rico. You are relieved of your command. <laughs> just, just, I
0: just hear yeah. that in the back of my mind. Yeah, I'm in mean, tumor. <laughs> <laughs> It is. Quite possibly. I'm also quite fond of just yelling medic.
2: Yes. yes.
0: <laughs> because it's a runner in that. Is that, is that when you so hurt true. yourself? Oh, Just whenever anything, if <laughs> okay. anybody like stubs a toe or whatever <laughs> yeah. and I'm in their presence, I will yell medic. But you got to do it like screaming
1: it like a, like an arachnoid has yeah. come after yeah. you.
0: Oh I love God. that they call medic when the guy's head is leaking out of his. I know. His I like brain it. is leaking out of his head. Yeah. Medic. <sighs> Yeah, I'll tell you one.
2: what I love about I'm my partner. We watched that movie just recently and she fucking loved it. Oh, and that's good.
0: That's, that's on the sign. Mm. Absolutely positively on the list. Yeah. Yeah, we awesome. will get to Starship Trippers. New business? New business. What could it be? Uh, this week, the year is 2024, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ozone layer is gone and Conor McLeod of the Clan McLeod is back because apparently there can be more than one. We're talking about Highlander 2, The Quickening from 1991 and Highlander 2, Director's Cut from 2004.
3: Centuries on Earth, nothing could have prepared them for the quickening. Christopher Lambert, Sean Connery, Highlander 2, the quickening.
2: What movies? What are movies? <laughs> what are movies? After this movie, I don't know. I, I, was, I was a speechless after the first one,
0: first okay. watch. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So we're doing something a little bit different this week. We did, in fact, watch two versions of the movie. Mm-hmm. We watched the US theatrical cut on VHS, and the 2004 DVD director's cut.
2: This is the first time in my life that I've ever watched a theatrical cut and a director's cut. Oh, really? And actually, like, I mean, like, probably like years apart with other movies, but never this close.
1: Yeah, right. I've done like a six Blade Runner run. No,
2: no. Oh, uh, back yeah. to back to back to back.
1: That's yeah. rough,
2: oh, man. That's um, a great movie.
1: But I got, that's rough. I got, I got the. Um, i got the Blu ray with, all, yeah, of them. with yeah. all
0: the cuts. I've got the same wow. one. Yeah. Local content warning. If you watch Blade Runner on Stan in Australia, it is the version with the voiceover. I fucking warn you. Oh. It. Oh. It is the theatrical cut of Blade Runner. The okay. worst cut. Yeah. So don't do it. Okay. Go, buy, go buy it on Blu ray. Okay. Mm-hmm. In 4K. It. I'm going to get into why we watched both versions of the movie later when I talk about the film's uh, storied production. Storied is. Maybe the word for it. I bet. If you've not listened to our two-part episode about the original film Highlander, you fucking need to go and do that. Right you now. should. Fucking, it's a good time. I'm not going to go into as much depth about the creators as I normally do, because. Yeah. We have so much to talk about. And yeah, this one is probably likely another two-parter. If you're listening to it in one part, something probably went wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've he, he, he dropped a few pages on the way to the <laughs> podcast <yeah>. office. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of
0: just started burning pages. <laughs> I have once again broken my record for pages of notes. Previous record was 24 for The Crow. This week, we're running with 33 pages of notes. Yeah, to be fair, it is two movies. It is two different movies, yeah. Mm. Directed
2: by Russell Mulcahy. Mm, the man, the myth, the legend. He went to my high school. How
0: we, many times are you going to drop that, by the way? Every single time. <laughs> it's like when I say Twin Peaks, drink. <laughs> <laughs> or when we mention Sherilyn Fenn, swim. Yeah. yeah. He, of course, directed the original movie, and this was his next movie after that, even though there is a gap of, like, five or six years. He had gone back to directing music videos because- uh-huh. As we talked about on the Highlander episode, the first movie was not a hit in the US. I was going to ask, right? I I couldn't remember. Yeah, it had been a hit in Europe, and then was massive on VHS. But Malcolm had struggled to find a, to, to find another job to find another directing gig. So he went like directed music videos for like Elton John and a bunch of other uh, right. of his, like famous music friends.
2: So by the time he, d- he comes back to do this film, is it a VHS hit? Yes. Right.
0: Because it's already been on VHS for a couple of years. Based on characters created by Gregory Wyden, he had no involvement involvement in any of the sequels. I'm <laughs> so sure of that. Can, can you tell? Do not blame that man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From a story by Brian Clemens and William N. Panzer, Clemens is a British screenwriter that had started in the 1950s. This is like his second last credit. It's only a story credit. He basically worked with Panzer to develop ideas, basically spitball ideas for the story. Right. And therefore he gets a story credit. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he did any actual like writing, writing. Yeah, sure. So it was mostly Panzer. No. Well, so he didn't even write the screenplay. He's a creative producer. So he's involved in the development of the project, right? Mm -hmm. It was written by Peter Bellwood. He, along with Wyden and a guy named Larry Ferguson, are credited with writing the first movie. So he was a holdover from the first movie. he came back. He was the only writer Ah. to come back. He gets solo credit on this screenplay Mm -hmm. or solo blame. Depending on how you feel can about I it. ask Both. with the
2: director's cut, are they coming to it? So, whose whose vision is it? Like, is it the writers or the directors? You know what I mean? That's like with in the, the name. Which, which yeah, no directors. I like you, I like you, but like the original envisioning of the film. I'm going to
0: talk about all of that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, starring a returning Christoph Lambert or Christopher Lambert if you're Australian. I forgot that. As That's Con- Lambert, as Connor McLeod. <laughs> <laughs> He'd made a few movies in between, but nothing worth talking about. And maybe more surprising, had attached Sean Connery as Juan Sanchez oh. Villalobos Ramirez. I will talk about the how and the why. Brilliant. Later. Money. <laughs> Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and do, you th- then, <laughs> do you think Sean was a, was a, was a coke cowboy? Was he? Was he, was he...
2: Is that how he got his
1: such such a snow white beard?
2: <laughs> oh my god! I reckon that man has done every drug in the world. A thousand times. I don't know. I, he's I, I can't tell. Pretty old school.
0: I think he's pretty straight laced. He's a drinker, absolutely. Oh, he's yeah. Scottish. Think anything else. Like, yeah. I don't know. The other cast members, I will talk about as they appear. There's some fun surprises. Trailers, no trailers. No uh, trailer. The VHS is the retail version. By the way, I don't let you guys read the back of the box, right? Yeah. Mm, did you? No. 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 The reason I didn't bring the box with me today, one of the reasons I don't let you do that is because of spoilers. The Highlander Two box gives away. <laughs> The Connery comes back. Well, no, well, both the Connery comes back and where the Immortals are from on the first line of the blurb on the back of the box. Yeah, but
1: it's like the first... It's the first line of the seen
0: But if you haven't seen this movie before... Yeah.
1: I feel like we're going to debate a lot of story choices.
0: Yeah, because um, like, there's might. such strong story oh, changes. We might, we might, <laughs> might. Such pointless story moments. <laughs> I'm not even gonna do the recap that we normally do because which version are we recapping, right? Ah. Yeah. We're, gonna past, we're gonna just skip past that. There's
2: aliens, immortals, fighting, there must be one again. Sometimes.
0: Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there one. isn't. There can sometimes be one. There can sometimes be one. In the blockbuster entertainment guide to movies and videos from the year 1998, Highlander 2, The Quickening. It is obviously the theatrical version. Mm-hmm. The immortal Scott, Lambert, and Connery from Highlander return. I mean, Connery's, Connery's is Egyptian. Not. He's an Egyptian Spaniard. <laughs> but wait, they're not Scottish, they're aliens. And rival Ironside is determined to do them harm. Incoherent mess, one and a half stars. There is nothing better than a written, but wait,
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's more.
1: Yeah.
0: Jenna Maslin of the New York Times did most not. definitely did not yeah. leave a review. So I pivoted to Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times. Ooh, this will be fun. In November of
1: 1991,
0: he wrote... We're a big fan of Roger Ebert, aren't we? Um, I'm not. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm no, not. I, mean, I'm I'm a, I, I think, think he's a dick. Yeah, mm. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. This movie has to be seen to be believed. On the other hand, maybe that's too high a price to pay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's some good wit. Highlighted to The Quickening, is the most hilariously incomprehensible movie I've seen in many a long day. A movie almost awesome in its badness. Yeah. <laughs> wherever, <laughs> wherever science fiction fans gather in decades and generations to come, this will be remembered in hushed tones as one of the immortal low points of the genre. Oh. Mm. Oh. Now I normally avoid recapping. There is some recapping, and then I'm going to skip. Sure. Yeah, but mm. I just like the way that he talks about some of the some of the. Recapping Wait, did he stuff.
1: call it a science fiction? Yeah. Yeah. The first movie. Is that a science fiction?
0: Yes.
2: Fantasy? More? It's sci fi fantasy. It?
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, there's no aliens in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that we science, know
0: science fiction can be speculative fiction, doesn't always have to have aliens. True.
2: The yeah, science, kind science is in history, the name.
0: It's, alternate history is technically science fiction.
2: Yeah. And it's kind of like you're traveling through time, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. Immortal. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, who cares?
0: Doesn't Philosophical matter. questions, then. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. The story opens in the year 1999, and then we get a title card 25 years later, <laughs> followed not long by a title card: "The Planet Zeist, 500 years ago." Uh, are those Earth years or Zeist years? Yeah. They lead a rebellion on Zeist and were banished to Earth under a sentence of eternal life. They cannot die. In a sense, actually they can, but it depends. Or, as one of the characters explains it more helpfully, "You live forever here until you return to Zeist, where you can die." Or under certain circumstances, you can die here, but not on Zist. Yeah. Coming back in uh, as he kind of talks about the, the setting. Life in big cities has grown dangerous and criminal, although people are still alive and should not complain, considering that you would think that a total blackout on Earth would have curtailed food production, since nothing could grow. Yeah. For that matter, why isn't everything covered with a carpet of fungus? Meanwhile, Sean Connery, still a creature of medieval Scotland, appears in the century wearing a kilt. He's actually not wearing a fucking kilt in that scene, nope. Roger, but you know, whatever. And talking in a thick brogue. And he gets himself suited up in Monday dress before there are several sword fights. <laughs> if there is a planet somewhere where civilization is based on the worst movies of all time... Highlander II, The Quickening, deserves a sacred place among their most treasured artifacts. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun Times in November of
3: 1991.
1: Mm. Not a great recap, but poignant nonetheless. Well, I can't
0: add a lot of the recapping because I don't want to read somebody just reiterating. Yeah, the plot. he's I can do definitely that for myself having fun. And I will. He's having fun. Yeah. <laughs> Box office of November 1991, yeah, when please. this movie opened. The number one movie in the US was Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs. In
5: every neighborhood, there is one house that adults whisper about and children cross the street to avoid now wes craven creator of a nightmare on elm street takes you inside something's in there
3: we gotta get out of here leroy all sorts of rumors
5: about what goes on in that house the police never took it serious she's been feeding
3: that thing between the walls again very very tense
5: about this Ah! what goes on in this house is a sin Ah! but what goes on under the stairs is a nightmare Wes Craven's *The People Under the Stairs*.
0: Oh, okay. Which mm. is a movie that fucking rules and is absolutely positively I on the list. Never even heard of it. Yeah, before. neither. It's like one of those. Well, because it's like one of those. Because Craven's hits mostly that suddenly known goes away. Craven's mostly known for mm. *Scream* and for *Nightmare on Elm Street*, right? And most of his other movies, you're into. You know, if you're into horror and have watched a lot of West Craven movies, but most of them didn't hit big at that level. Mm-hmm. So it was. It performed well, but it wasn't a big hit. It performed. It performed really well. It was in its first week, so it debuted at number one. In second place was Curly Sue, Jim Belushi, and a little girl, a co- partners oh, at crime. Oh, it, Yeah, they like they con people.
5: Look out, America! The world's smallest con artist is in town. Why don't you pick on someone your own size, you big ugly chump? <coughs> She's got a killer smile.
4: Crack me right on the top of the head, all right? You're gonna cry.
5: A knockout sweet, <laughs> And a partner. Okay. In crime. We don't steal. But we cheat.
4: We don't break any laws.
5: Well, no, some laws we do.
4: Not the good ones. They know a good scam.
5: <laughs> when they pull one. Whoa. Yeah.
4: or not what possessed you to invite vagabonds into your home
5: now they're going from the poor house to the penthouse
3: this was the risk
5: from director John Hughes creator of Home Alone <coughs> comes James Belushi in Curly Sue hey! ah! You scared the
4: living hell out of Curly Sue
5: what is she the lost a little con artist who finally gets what she deserves. A family.
1: You're a man. She's a woman.
5: Oh, oh. Give us a kiss. Please, we're in public.
4: May I? May you what? Kiss your cheek. In a pig's eye.
5: James Belushi. Kelly Lynch. And Alison Porter. Curly soup. I feel like an idiot. Big laughs come in small
0: packages. That was a fun movie. I liked that when I was a kid, but I haven't seen it since I was a kid, so I don't know if it holds up. Highlander opened in third. Wow. Mm. Ahead of Billy Bathgate, a basically critically reviled gangster picture that I just always remember the the name of because Billy Bathgate has this kind of interesting ring to it. And House Party 2. Right. Which is a good time. They rounded out the top five. Highlander held on to the top 10 for only another two more weeks. Yeah. It fell pretty quickly.
1: The biggest- Is that because there wasn't actually that much going on at the movies at that time? That's probably
0: true. Well, Mm -hmm. number one was a Wes Craven horror movie. Mm. So I don't know if it was a big box office that weekend. (laughs) And then the biggest hit of that month was The Addams Family.
5: What do we say?
4: Now. Children, put down that antenna.
3: (laughs) I'm blinded by such beauty. How
4: can I compete? You're twice the woman I am.
3: Look, a new chapter. Don't torture yourself, Gomez. That's my job.
0: Yeah, mad. Yeah. What a banger. It made $192 million. Whoa. In the time that it was in the box office. What, what Adam's family are we talking about? What incarnation? 1991 version. The the, the best version. The best version. Is that with the one? W- Raul Julia, with Christina. Angelica Houston, Christina yeah, Ricci. Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah. Yeah, 1991. Huh. It, okay. it
1: actually holds up. So. It, yeah. yeah.
0: Both of those movies are fucking fantastic and both of them are on the list. Okay. I watch those movies like every year. Couldn't tell. I mean, old business, new business. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to cut the clip in again? I already did that last <laughs> episode.
4: Old business is old business, and new business is new business, and this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until
0: next quarter. For comparison, Highlander 2, which opened in third, in the whole time that it was open in cinemas in the US, only made 14.1 million dollars. Oh, right. how much did it cost to make? So um. it, it cost 35. Thirty-five.
2: The
1: 14 was probably just Sean Connery. Oh, those sets must have been expensive. It's not that much money.
0: <laughs> my backstory with this movie is that I was so fucking pumped to see this movie. Mm-hmm. I saw the first one with my dad. My father is Scottish. He was born in Scotland. Mm. So that movie felt like it was my fucking heritage. Yeah.
2: I, I'm sure there that. was a
0: period of time where I just assumed he was mortal. Yeah. He made model. <laughs> mortal. <laughs> it turned out he was mortal. You know.
2: So
1: instead of calling him dad, it's just Highlander. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we hire the second movie. We pop it in. Ten minutes in, my dad stops the movie. No. <laughs> and rewinds. <laughs> and rewinds. He no. has to see what the fuck just happened. Oh, I thought meant it was
1: just like rewinds, take it straight back no. to the video. It's, it's a confusing
0: To not start. comprehend what the fuck was yeah. happening. Right? <laughs> mm. And honestly, the why of this movie what why the why of why it is the way it is right is almost more interesting than the movie itself yeah okay big production pod awesome and normally here I would talk about how to watch this movie yeah but I'm not going to do that because I'm going to start with the explaining of why it is the way it is yeah I'm going to spin a tail. But what do you mean by how to watch this movie? Usually I talk about like where you can rent this movie, oh. right? <laughs> okay. How to watch it, how mm-hmm. to find it. Physical, is it on physical media? Or is it streaming? Do you need to buy the VHS? Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about the how of this movie, why of this movie, because mm-hmm. that plays into the how you watch it today, including why we watched two vastly different versions of the movies. So mm. First uh, sourcing for this episode in itself was a little bit of a journey. Yeah, but <laughs> there are two making ofs. that I I utilized, one from 1995 and one from 2004. Yeah. Both are on different versions of the DVD uh, or the Blu-ray. And then there was a very helpful article by a guy named Sean Murphy for Video Watchdog Magazine from 1995 (laughs) that I found online that breaks down shot by shot the differences in the multiple versions of the movie. Because while we only watched two versions of the movie, there are more than two versions of this movie. Wow, okay. I also tracked down a draft of the screenplay. Very yeah, nice. cool. I don't know when in production that draft happened, but it is certainly more complete than either version of the movie that we watched.
2: Wow, okay. That's really yeah. frustrating.
0: <laughs> the story of Highlander lose it on a train or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah bro, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's a train in the movie. The story of Highlander 2 is really... A story about a series of bad decisions made for good reasons that eventually cascade into what the fuck we watched. Yeah, mm.
2: that is the catchphrase for this movie. What the fuck?
0: Yeah. To begin with, Panzer and Davis, the producers, and Mulcahy, the director, were very reluctant to make a sequel. Really? The first movie is a closed story. It's over. How the fuck do you even attempt right? to make a sequel to this movie?
1: What would you do? I'd make a prequel, obviously.
0: Yeah, I mean I'd
2: start I'd just do it again, I suppose, do like it but again? Just, but like I mean like there's another person after no but he, whatever There can only be is. one. And like it's But I mean like not him. He dies and get old but, but then there's oh, more yeah. people born. Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah
1: you okay. should have made you should have made a, a
2: yeah, it was very very loose what I just are said are you, you going to make some you. money during this writer's strike Yes, I totally would <laughs> I would be a scap
0: <laughs> I'd write whatever the studio told you me were to write. Lu- <laughs> you were very lucky you were very lucky that my pro union wife is not in this room right now because she would smack the taste out of your mouth
2: yeah true but she also knows that we're I would do like whatever she told
0: me to do <laughs> the why is ultimately money yeah highlander is interesting because it's an independent movie that was released by by a big studio it was released by fox in the us but it is an independent movie so the producers davis and Panzer, not a studio own the rights they Mm. have control of it and internationally it had been sold country by country to different distributors at film markets the big markets are usually held to coincide with film festivals so Cannes, Berlin, Toronto, Sundance all have film markets around their film festival where, where distributors from all over the world can come and buy movies. That's how Canon made their Thank movies. Thank
2: you. I have, I have heard like, oh, they go to like Cannes and they go to the big film markets mm. to sell shit, but I've never understood how it
0: actually works. So happens. this is literally like a, think about it like a convention. Right. You walk around a convention hall and-, and People are showing people their movies. People have a poster for their movie. Right. That's how Canon made all of their movies.
2: Yeah, because you've spoken about how they just go with a poster, and I was just like, how does that even
0: help? People, distributors come in, they go, that looks good, it's got Chuck Norris in it. That looks good, it's got whoever in it. Yeah, okay, That poster's cool. kind of interesting. Well, you guys had a hit with this movie, where's the sequel? Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Which is kind of what happened. <laughs> they have been asking for years for Panzer and Davis to make a sequel because they had all made money off the first movie. Yeah. McKay hadn't been able to get another film up. And the market's there. So Mm-mm. they say, fuck it.
1: Yeah. Well, you get an opportunity to make another movie. Yeah. Like
0: I know, right? Cool. The film is then pre-sold all over the world, which pays for their budget. Right. Yeah. And then you gotta make it, you gotta write a script. What they didn't wanna do, which I think is kind of admirable, is just remake the first film again. Yeah. So they decided to take a very hard left turn towards science fiction. I fucking respect the move that they made, man. And make a massive leap to answer where the immortals come from because that is what they kept on getting asked all the time.
1: Yeah. Really? That's see, I was watching this and I'm like, and with this story is all over the place. I don't wanna know where the immortals from. Like I watched the first movie and I'm like, I don't care how why they're there is Just cool over there. You don't
0: need the first movie. I didn't care either. They're in such a corner, right? Like, yeah. yeah. They're in such a corner.
2: But, like, I got to respect the move to just be like, I'm going to make a fucking crazy semi sci fi movie, like, and not even have anything to do with the original movie. I, I fucking appreciate it.
0: One thing they do do with the screenplay, which I think is kind of interesting, is they do, well, they wanted to make a sequel that was not a remake. They do mimic the structure. Sorry? They mimic the structure. So instead of having McLeod flash back ah. at a wrestling match, we get McLeod flashing back at an opera. The films full of kind of like same but different moments. Instead of the Kogan in a convertible with a woman on the hood, we get Katana hijacking in a car. The train. N- a yeah. train. Yeah. yeah. They also decided to work in an environmental theme because they were interested in the idea of an immortal on a dying Earth using his immortal power to give Earth more life which is Love actually that. a fucking great idea. Yeah. Just didn't really work. It just doesn't didn't land. It just doesn't land. Mm. Yeah. The distributors also demanded that Connery was in the movie. Yeah. I mean, I would too. Because he was a selling point for the first movie, mm. right? Another problem that they took a massive leap in trying to, to, trying to solve. And, of course, that caused lots of other problems. Connery was not keen. Really? He looks like he's having a lot of fun. Um, feels forced. You reckon? Mm, okay. Lambert was also not very interested. <laughs> yeah. I can't get an emotional read on Lambert. No. He was very interested. He was like, I'd be more interested if Connery comes back because they're mates and they had a good time. making." Yeah. And so eventually they got Connery. How many days do you think he worked on this movie? Closest oh, to oh, going like over? Five? Six. Yeah. How much do you think he got paid for those six days of work? T- 10 mil. 10? In 1991? Oh, okay, Two. Yeah. Three million dollars. Oof, um.
2: am Fucking getting
0: close today. $3 that's, that's, that's five hundred K a day. Yeah, Three million dollars for six days' work. Ooh. They're shooting six-day weeks. <laughs> so he worked one week on this movie.
2: Oh that's a good payday. That is, that is awesome.
0: Ultimately.
1: Disappointing result.
0: Good payday. Mm. Ultimately, they decided to shoot the movie in Argentina.
2: Okay. Because mm-hmm. it
0: would give them the access to places and architecture that had never been shot before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they were after this very different science fiction look, right? Mm-hmm. Buenos Aires had incredible mix of like older European style buildings, as well as like brutalist structures and modern buildings mm. that would be able to create that look. Yeah, and I they,
1: definitely feel the brutalism.
0: And they wouldn't have to build much except for the interiors. And it was going to be about a third cheaper than shooting in the US. They were going to yeah, save about 10 to 15 million dollars. And so they got started to try and put the movie together down there. Nothing there was ready to go.
2: That does not surprise me.
0: Argentina had had a film industry, but it had completely fallen into disrepair. They found it hard to find local crew that had any skills. So they kept on having to add international crew from the US and the UK to cover roles they had budgeted as being local roles. Mm, Spion. They had to fly all of their gear in. Yeah. There's no film rental houses. Mm. There's no costume houses. There's no prop houses. <laughs> everything has to be made. Everything has to be built. Everything has to be flown in if they're buying it. It took forever for them to get anything done. Sometimes they would ask people to do things. That person would take, take their the money, money, say that they would do it, and then not do those things. Yeah. Fucking those sets
2: are big set pieces as well with a lot
0: of movement in them and shit. Yeah. Like Once they started shooting... They're shooting mostly nights. They had language issues. Oh. Mm-hmm. And all of that is compounded by the thing that you just mentioned, which is the Mac- the McIntyre style of shooting is to constantly move the camera in complex ways. Yeah, Every single shot has like smoke, lighting, and or rain effects before you add stunts and special effects on top of that, which there- this movie has a lot of. Almost instantly, they are not making their days. There are some sequences that you can tell that they just... Used shots because they had them. Well, I'm again, I'll talk very specifically about how everything is put together. Yeah, cool. And by not making their days, it means basically they're not shooting everything they're meant to shoot in that day, Yeah, which means you have to be longer on a location, which pushes you late for other locations, or sometimes, or you just cut shit, or you just have to cut shit because you don't get everything that you need. Not helping them was that lunch in Argentina was usually a five bottle of wine affair
5: every day.
0: So after lunch, the, there's a massive slowdown. Yeah. And technically, the UK is still at war with Argentina over the Falkland Islands during the making <laughs> of this movie. That's hilarious. <laughs> <What>? Yep. That's <laughs> hilarious. It caused massive tension between the local crew and the UK crew.
1: Yeah, shit.
0: That turned into a booze-filled lunchtime arguments mm-hmm. where sometimes bottles would be thrown. It does not surprise me <laughs> at all. They would settle it on the weekends on the one day that they had off with no blood, no foul football matches. Oh, I love that. There should be a movie made about the making of this movie. I actually kind of agree.
2: Yeah.
1: I had a couple of accidents. I think it should be called No Blood, No Foul.
0: Yeah. So apparently all of the scaffolding in Argentina was secondhand. (laughs) Rusty and dodgy as fuck and like a million years old. And for those that don't know, Scaffolding is a vital tool of filmmaking yeah. because you can hang parts of sets off it, uh, camera grip, lights, everything, right? Uh, electronics. Mm. Yep. They had a scaffold collapse mm. while the production designer and a couple of, of, their, of his assistants were standing on it. They fell almost 30 feet, which oh, is like no. almost 10 meters. Oh, and you have said the word sets a few times. You yeah. noticed that there were sets, right? Yeah. They went to Argentina because they didn't need to build sets. No, they are all definitely sets. One of the biggest action sequences in the movie is a fight on top of a train Yeah, that has tracks that roll down the middle of a street.
1: The slowest train ever.
0: It is. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, continue.
0: Well, they didn't want to have to build a, a train track. So after scouting, they had two options for where to film this sequence. The first was a section of track where they would only have to build a little bit of extra set dressing, but it was in the city, so it had a bunch of challenges and restrictions regarding what they're allowed to do, but it would be way cheaper. Yeah. The second option was a section of track at the docks at the port where they would have total control, but they would have to build everything.
2: Yeah, so they went to the docks for sure.
0: Yeah, they chose the second option and ended up building... A set that was a mile long. These fucking sets are expansive as fuck. Three football f- miles, three football fields.
2: That's fucking.
0: Why crazy. was it so long? It is insane. While there was shooting in Argentina, the economy collapsed and hyperinflation kicked in. In Argentina. <laughs> Holy <Yes>. shit. <laughs> the Argentine currency became worthless, so they had started to have to pay for everything in US dollars, which yeah. meant it was the co- <laughs> same cost as shooting in the United States. <laughs> no. <laughs> the wardrobe department balanced their budget by acting as a currency exchange and selling US dollars locally.
2: Wow! Look, yep. that—that's creative. That's fucking dope. Yeah, well done. Again, a that, movie. They would did okay, fucking-
0: but everywhere else, the, the whole production is running over budget and behind oh. and behind schedule. They had to start cutting corners with safety, mm. which caused more accidents and more delays to the schedule. Lambert had his hand cut down to the bone during a a sword fight to go and get stitches and then they brought him back straight away because they couldn't afford to lose any more shooting time. (laughs) Ironside dislocated his jaw during the dome fight. The dome... At the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Lambert put it back in for him so that they could keep shooting. What? (laughs) That scar on the side of his head was real. (laughs) That's dope. (laughs) And because of all of these things... The Bond Company started to get involved. Bond Company? What yes. Mean? I was going to ask if you guys know what a bonding company is. Not for a film. Right. Okay. So... <laughs> are
1: you trying
0: to get copyright strike? What are No, no, no. We don't go there. There was one bar. It's fine. No, sir. We do not go there. A film Bond Company acts as a guarantor for a film. They're essentially the insurance company on a movie. Right. They guarantee that if a film, the film will be completed on time and on budget, and if the film goes... Over budget, the bond company is responsible for finding extra money.
2: Mm -hmm. Right.
1: So basically, they loan the production extra money if they go over over budget. So they're kind of
0: like, it's like film insurance, right? So what it does is it mitigates risk for studio. So when you make a studio picture, there's then the third party, they guarantee that the movie will be made. They basically take an insurance bet on it. Right. For like 20% or 30%, some figure. Some, because there some is figure. insurance on movies, isn't there? That's what a film bonding yeah. company is. You don't get it from oh. a regular insurance company. You get it from a bond company. Right. right. Okay. Right? So because of them getting involved, every day on set, there is a three-way battle between the producers, who are just trying to wrangle the fucking production, Mulcahy, who's trying to shoot his vision and create the movie that he had signed on to make, and the bond company who just wanted to be fucking over.
2: Guys, <laughs> can I just say like I'm seriously like just in awe that a film was fucking made. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like I don't want to shit on anything cuz like I'm gonna, I'm a film was made. Finished in air quotes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ultimately, the bond company just fucking had enough. Yeah, and shut the production down. No. Without them ever having filmed the entire script. Ah. That is not surprising. I see. They shut them down in the filming in the middle of an action sequence. That they is were just not surprising. <laughs> the film's never actually finished. It's abandoned. Yeah. They were told that they... They would make promises that the movie would be assessed. Everybody would fly home. The movie would be assessed and then they would do any final shooting that needed to be done in California. Right. That never fucking happened. At this point, because the Bond Company has shut the film down, the producers don't own the movie the Bond Company does. Right. They have taken complete control. In post-production... They take over the edit. They lock out the producers and Mulcahy. Mulcahy calls it the most traumatic experience of his of his life. Mm. They finish the movie as cheaply, quickly as possible, so that they wouldn't have to keep spending money. So, in
2: that situation, does the producer Mulcahy make any money from it? If it well, makes they've already been money? paid.
0: Oh, that's right. Or they've not. No, because they don't, at that point they've lost the movie. They don't have control control of the movie. Yeah, right. So somebody their con- else, their somebody contracts else
1: get paid it. out for, yeah, like, their yeah. agreed upon thing. Okay. But they probably lose their points and, and, whatever, and stuff like that. Or whatever, that. whatever yeah.
0: it is. Right, wrong. right. The Bond Company's problem is that the movie doesn't make any fucking sense because it's not finished. Yeah. There's giant chunks missing. They cut the movie to 85 minutes and patch everything that's missing with ADR. Yeah, mm. I noticed that. Only Bottom about ADR. only about half of the effects shots were finished properly. Yeah. Oh. The rest were just left as they were. I mean, so in wait, the we theatrical we have-
2: cut, they're like fully not done. Yeah, do we have
1: they like, like a, do we have like a percentage of when like yeah. how much they shot?
0: I would say that there is probably anywhere between 15 to 25% of the movie missing. This is
2: the most mm. fucking fascinating movie. Is, I
0: love this shit. And it's amazing. Mm. The story, as I said, the story of the making of this movie is fucking incredible. Fuck yeah. I had such a good time learning about the making of this movie. And I knew things, I knew lots about this movie, and I learned so much. We have so much to talk about. Bro, does okay fucking leave in the country? Let's approach him to make a movie about the <laughs> making of this movie. No, let's leave that man alone. <gasps> No one could agree on the effect for the shield during production. In the script, it is a soft yellow with laser-like flashes through it. Mm -hmm. They had tested a bunch of different techniques. In some of those, it was red. Mm -hmm. But Mulcahy had actually had a plan. He had shot with the idea of it being blue, which is why all of his fucking scenes are tinted blue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Bond company liked it red.
2: Right.
1: so that's why you get this weird disjointed. It looks brown almost. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's also washed out because of the VHS. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it would have been brighter to begin with theatrically. Uh, But we're watching the VHS version. Yeah. They also restructured the entire movie so that it was in a fucking linear order. (laughs) Moving or cutting most of the flashbacks that fill out the plot. (laughs) How do you you shoot
1: in a linear order and move a flashback? Well, well they, they, yeah, they, it, they,
2: you
0: can notice it in the theatrical cuts yeah, of the director. Yeah, they yeah. basically yeah. put everything in chronological order. Yeah, because, and, right. they, and they remove a bunch of just mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff because this because for they all the flashbacks they are cut out. Yeah, because they mm-hmm. can't put it in in chronological order. There's stuff yeah. that they just take out.
1: Actually, you notice he's- Like, at the beginning with the opera, they try and do some transitions into Flash and back and forth, and then they just abandon it. Yeah, they do. Because in original Highlander, you'd notice the transitions are fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: that's true, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to talk about that later, but one of the things that is clearly, like, it's one of the, like... um signs of illness mm. like you, it's one of the symptoms of the illness is the fact that you can tell that okay he has not had the time to do all the transitions he would yeah. normally do because there's like one or two in the director's cut that work fucking gangbusters mm. yeah and everything else is like just missing his style you yeah. may you may touch on this but why did you want us to watch the theatrical first because i wanted you to understand what it was like to watch this movie when it came out Ah, uh, okay, right, yep. makes because sense because we're going to talk about how people reacted to it. Yep, 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 yep. So anyway, the Bond company made an 85 minute cut. Yep, they show it to the UK distributors and they refuse to take that version of the movie. <laughs> really? Yep. So we end up with two cuts being released in cinemas in 1991. There is what? the UK cut, which runs 90 minutes, and there is the 85 minute cut, which is the US version.
1: Right. The one that the distributors so refuse. They, they add five minutes.
0: They add five minutes. Well, they put a bunch of stuff back in the right order. Right, yeah, right. It has a completely different ending. Uh-huh. What? We'll talk about versions. Okay. We'll talk about versions. <laughs> right now. Right now. <laughs> I forgot that there was Set next up and <laughs> I forgot it was next to my notes. I have so many notes, I forgot it was next to my notes. At the end of the UK cart, McLeod and Louise both return to Zeist. This is what is referred to as the fairy tale ending. I was like feeling that should have happened with a lot of the movies. It's yeah. the ending that I saw because ah the... Rental release in Australia was the UK cut because we're on the same power version. Yeah, so right. the version I saw when I was a kid—that's that was the end. So, what do you mean power version? Pal. Pre- pal, oh uh, pal. Pal. pal, pal. So yes, we yes. have a different. So pal and NTC, there's two different power systems between the US and uh, other parts of the world. UK, depending on our power same. frequencies and depends stuff. depends on how power cycles. None of it fucking matters anymore. Digital. It's actually not a thing anymore. Okay. Back um, in the and day. yet,
1: still, the US still shoots twenty-three point nine eight, which
0: uh, which means that people that don't know anything also shoot that frame rate and uh, they should learn a thing or two. Yeah. (laughs) So the US count, yeah, is 85 minutes and incomprehensible. I feel like we just got some haters on a flame. Fucking don't do (laughs) it. No. Uh, Burn all bridges. (laughs) Yeah, go on, go on. So the US count is 85 minutes and fucking incomprehensible. That is what we watched first. That was the theatrical version that we watched.
1: Yeah. That's a correct review right yeah. there.
0: Fans fucking hate that they made them aliens. Mm-hmm. Everybody fucking hates that they make them aliens. A year later, the TV show starts.
3: On Highlander, an immortal jewel thief is on a killing spree.
5: Two days ago, he hit a jewelry store and three people are dead.
3: Poisoning anyone who gets in his way. Put the down! Will McLeod stop him? Oh, or become his oh, next victim.
4: Oh, poison McLeod, you've only got 30 seconds.
3: It's the most suspenseful episode of the season. Here
4: it comes, McLeod.
3: On an all new Highlander. Tonight at 9 on your home team,
4: Casa Fox 2.
0: This is a TV show. Yeah. yeah. Didn't it run like six seasons? Five or six seasons, yeah. yeah. Right. It completely ignores the second movie.
4: <laughs>
1: yes.
0: Uh, right? Oh, yeah. I think you mentioned this in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lambert also appears in the very first episode of the TV show. It introduces Connor McLeod's cousin, Duncan (laughs) McLeod, also an immortal and the hero of that show. The gathering in the first movie is reckoned into being a semi-regular event in the game, an ongoing conflict between immortals that is millennia old. Not every immortal is drawn to every gathering. Yeah, right. Immortals can also choose to leave the game, right? You don't have to play the game. And new immortals emerge randomly all over the world. All the show, by the way, is on Amazon Prime. Is it good? If you're interested. No. <laughs> 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 in
1: 1994. Wait, is Russell Mulcahy um, okay, involved in the show at all?
0: No, not no? at all. No. The producers, Panzer and Davis, mm-hmm. are like become like the creative stewards of the show. Yeah. In 1994, Panzer and Davis and Lambert return for Highlander 3, The Final Dimension, a.k.a. Highlander 3, The Sorcerer,
3: From the dawn of time, we came, moving silently among you, down through the centuries, immortals. Down through the ages, he has traveled through time, fulfilling the legend that there can be only one. But now there's another. His name is Cain, the most feared and evil among us island is out there somewhere. And he owes me for all of his years. Coming! Two enemies from another time are about to collide in this one. <laughs>
0: Two completely and tells a story set in the past and in 1994. Is this the one with Masamune and shit? Yes. Ah. It makes it that not all mortals made it to the New York gathering. Right. Right. In 1995, Panzer and Davis and MLKE get control of Highlander 2 back. Right. And a brand new video format, DVD, emerges. So they produce the Renegade cut, adding back in almost 20 minutes, and restructuring structuring it to match the script and the style of the first movie.
3: In our distant future, where all hope is lost, planet Earth faces certain destruction. And the only one who can save our world in time is the one who lives forever. Forever. There can be only one Republic Pictures presents The Return of a Hero
0: Who are you?
3: I'm Connor McLeod and I cannot die And the Rebirth of a Legend You've remembered almost everything I told you I've had a lot of practice lately The Highlander has come back in time to save our world Promise me you'll do something to stop this in his greatest adventure ever. Your time is now. renegade version available on widescreen video cassette and deluxe collector's edition laser disc bring them home today the future of your world depends on it.
1: Wait, wait, so they made a third,
0: which ignores the second. And then they re- are they still aliens in the third? No. So they also due to fan reaction to the original movie and to bring it in line with the TV show, remove all references to Zeist making it so that it's ancient earth instead. That makes sense. They even went back and shot the rest of the action sequence. They were shut down shooting. Really? In 1991. Wow. The mountain chase in the director's cut was shot four years later. Wow. (laughs) So wait, the director's cut is not the renegade cut. No. Okay. Original, original US cut, 85 minutes. UK cut. UK cut, 90 minutes. Renegade cut 1995 adds 20 minutes, 20 minutes back. Right. And then in 2004, we get the, they had the opportunity to revise the movie again and we get the director's cut. Greetings Highlander
4: from the creators of the original classic Highlander Christopher Lambert. What took you so long? Sean Connery. I'm at your service. Highlander 2, now on Blu-ray in stunning high definition. Experience the Highlander legend like you've never seen before with high definition picture and 7.1 DTS HD audio featuring documentaries, rare behind-the-scenes footage, and revealing interviews with the cast and filmmakers. Highlander 2, get it on Blu-ray.
0: In which they replace all of the half-finished optical right. special effects mm-hmm. with brand new digital v- VFX. So the Renegade cut is the pen Ultimate cut. There's not a lot of difference between the Renegade cut and the director's cut. Except, Except for aliens. the aliens, yeah, they're not point. aliens in the director's cut. Oh, uh, but they still refer to Zeist. No, they do not. There's no mention of Zeiss whatsoever do in they the director's not? cut.
1: It feels like they did. I, I could be. They are both projecting wrong. You're both completely the, yeah, you're both right, right. You're wrong.
2: Yeah,
0: right, It's ancient right. Earth because they do say future. Yeah. They say future. Yeah, 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 right, okay. So they make Zeist the past, mm-hmm. right?
1: Which is how they get around uh, Katana suddenly being immortal on the planet, though he's not immortal on Zeist and is immortal. (laughs) Yeah, there's still things that
0: don't make sense. Absolutely positively. They remove them from being, they wipe them being from aliens from all versions yeah. of the version right of the movie. okay mm-hmm. they also did some new ADR with Ironside and with Lambert the Renegade cut was also hacked together from different sources that were not all HD ah so what they did for the janky so what they did for the director's cut is they went back to all the original sources and reconstructed the movie in right. a way that was more of today's standard the Renegade cut it like cuts to like stuff that is basically like VHS rips in the middle of the DVD because right. that was the only way that they could get that footage in 1995 yeah Okay. Right. They didn't, hadn't been able to like do expansive HD scans of the original of the original elements, okay. which they were able to do in 2004. Okay. Fuck. The, Fuck. This is so sick. The 2004 director's cut is now the only version of the movie that is commercially available. Fuck yeah. All the other versions have ceased to exist. The theatrical cut only exists on VHS or YouTube. Yeah. If you're looking <laughs> for that kind of thing. I'm going to briefly just talk about spinoffs and sequels because- Basically what happened is is that they tr- basically tried to erase this movie from exi- from existence mm. for the rest of the run of Hi- run of Highlander, right? Yeah. Even today it is not counted as part of the canon. The yeah. only reason the special the 2004 version director's cut exists is because people will spend money on it to buy it. Mm. But it is not considered part of Highlander canon. I'm just going to put this out there. Fucking love this movie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no. You love you love the mythology of this movie. I, you love I, the story I loved of it before the, the mythology, nah. <laughs> and now I'm fucking
2: hype on this shit.
1: Uh, I got so cranky with it, and <laughs> cranky with you, can <laughs> cranky with you. You've given me lemons in this we
0: smile that man had when you said that yeah. at the end of the previous episode when you were like Highlander's is one of my favorite movies I'm so excited to watch you were in you were in you were in totally going I will destroy this young man <laughs> we can cut in my maniacal
4: laughing here. Yeah. <laughs>
2: We were meant to be brothers, Anakin. <laughs> oh, I, I loved, loved you. Watch
0: something else. So, the TV show had a spin off that only lasted for one season called Highlander the Raven. Uh, it followed a female immortal who was sometimes a villain in the. TV show, love that, that, other that TV show. But then she got her own show. It's kind of yeah. like with uh, Zena, Zena, Zena and Hercules. Yeah. No, oh, I, where Zena was a villain in Hercules, and then had her own show and was. And and was a mad you know, so better than,
1: much better than Hercules. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's what happens when you get an actor to play quick, the main quick, character. <laughs>
1: quick shout out for Lucy Lawless, man. <laughs> Fucking yeah, I mean, she oh was,
2: yeah, I love when she s- shows up in Battlestar Galactica and it's just she's oh. a yeah. Oh my god is like a fine, fine wine. Spoilers for Battlestar Galactic. <laughs> <me>. <laughs>
1: Look, if you haven't if you haven't watched it at all now, I haven't finished it. Yeah. Then you should. Have you not finished it? I'm like three episodes away. Go we <laughs> really
0: just like this. this. There are several more sequels to <laughs> After three, after three, yes. There's Highlander Endgame in 2000, which <gasps> follows on from the TV show and ignores two and three. Okay. I love that. In I that, feel like we're getting a bit
1: of a Halloween
0: vibe. Is oh, it a TV movie, that one? Well, it's no. It's a theatrical release, but okay. it features the characters from the TV movie. Right. In that movie, Connor McLeod lets Duncan take his head so that he can <laughs> defeat the big bad. He nice. basically combines their powers. You know, buy our powers combined. Yeah, that was common. <laughs> In 2007, they released Highlander The Source, Which is a TV movie, cool, and continues on the story with Duncan searching for the source of their immortality. It's meant to set up a trilogy of new films. It did not because fans also did not like that. Why didn't anyone Mm -hmm. tell Duncan it's on Zeist? (laughs) Yeah, there's an animated series for kids. Fuck yeah, that ran in 1994, (laughs) which is also set in the far future.
4: Seven centuries have passed since the Earth plunged into darkness. Seven centuries since the Jetters swore to regain for man his lost knowledge and freedom. All the immortals took the oath, all except one, who dominates the world. But soon an immortal will come to confront him. His name is Quentin MacLeod. He is the Highlander.
0: And there's no beheading in that one, because it's for kids. <laughs> Lame. When you beat up another immortal, they're willing you give you their power so that you don't have to kill them. So it's like taking their lunch money. <laughs> <laughs> Bullying is correct. And so, <laughs> and so that's kind of the spin-offs. And then the movie, the series has, do- has been dormant since then.
1: Definitely going to get another one in the next couple of years, especially with this writer's strike.
0: It's been in development for more than ten years. Oh. they're yeah. going to put AI onto it, Chat GPT. Henry, movie. <laughs> they've been working on a script. Henry Cavill has been attached to play. <gasps> the oh, Henry Cavill would be a fan of this. I fucking <laughs> yeah. love that man. He is mm. also people forget he is also British. Yes, <laughs> you forget. I don't. S- Chad Stahelski is attached to direct it. The director oh, of the John Wick movie. Oh shit! He yeah. is. So, I've mentioned this before, but mm-hmm. fuck it. He is such a massive fan. He's hot shit too. Of that movie, that he has cast Clancy Brown. He cast oh Clancy Brown in John Wick Four. Because he loves Highlander. (laughs) That's amazing. Which one's Clancy Brown? The Kurgan. Zim. Oh, yeah, sorry. The Kurgan.
2: Zim! (laughs) That's how I met him,
0: and that's how he (laughs) shall remain. Okay. So we are going to talk our way through Highlander 2 the quickening. Uh, and even though we are a VHS pod, we're breaking down the director's cut mostly because it's better. And also because we are most definitely a creator pod and not a bond company pod. Yeah. fucking. Um, um. but I will talk about how the theatrical (laughs) cut was hacked and how things were moved around. And I will also talk about what is in the screenplay in the theatrical cut. We opened in August of 1999 with the shield being turned on, but in the director's cut, we just get a lot of text instead. Yeah.
2: I appreciate the text.
0: Mm. I appreciate the the starting of the director's
2: cut. It's the strongest start. Mm-hmm.
0: So the text. The year is 2024. Industrial pollution has destroyed the ozone layer, leaving the planet at the mercy of the sun's ultraviolet rays. An electromagnetic shield now protects the earth. A small group believes that the ozone layer has repaired itself and that the shield is no longer necessary, but no one knows for sure. Mm. You do find out that information through the... I mean, you don't know about the shield, but you can yeah. set it up. So... In the original screenplay, the state of the world is described in the action, but I think the idea there was, was that you would eventually understand the how and why throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah, what's written in the text is in the script is that many of the buildings are connected with a web of catwalks. They crisscross the city like bridges over the canals of Venice, but at heights up to a hundred feet. Moss and vegetation are everywhere. Great vines hang over the streets. Oh, high in the sky above, an interlaced lattice work of particles, beam lasers pulsing down and shifting in the night. It's changing shape and intensity. We're not sure what it is, but its effect is like a surrealistic Aurora Borealis. On Earth the year is twenty twenty four. The temperature is ninety seven degrees, and the humidity is at a constant ninety seven degrees, resulting in devastating effects to the buildings, cars, industry, not to mention the temper of the population. That's a
2: fucking opening to a script. So, <laughs> holy shit. So the text and poignant at the time. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so the text added to the director's cut version of the movie to me feels like the producer's not trusting even in 2004 that an audience will be with them. Yeah. And given the reaction to the theatrical cut, that might be justified. Yeah. But honestly, I think you could cut that off the front of the movie and just go straight into it. And we could learn about a hundred percent as you're going. 100%. Yes.
1: With better you know, exposition, but also you, you look at a lot of the production value, a lot of the, lot of the things where they're like, yeah, in, in that, in that original preamble, you go, yeah, that makes sense. You don't get half it's of that not, the movie. Yeah. No,
0: it's not on the movie. Sc- it's not well, on the screen. It's not on the screen. Yeah. Because, they couldn't, because they couldn't do it for the budget and yeah. because of what happened with all the mm-hmm. shit that I just talked about. So the opening show of the movie is actually uh, quite a nice crane shot of a statue with a plaque that reads 25 years under the shield that cranes up and then through the O of a rotting opera house, which is quite beautiful. It's mm-hmm. fucking gorgeous. And Mulcahy does his, his transition thing yeah. where... Comes out of Through the, the arrow, it yeah. pulls out the of the mouth, open mouth of an opera singer, mm. Mm. yeah. Which is a little hammy, but also like, <sighs> Mulcahy is a little hammy. Yeah. And the opera is Wagner. And yeah, he pulls the same SkyCam. cam. Yeah. Trick. He invented that camera, right? No, no, no. Garrett Brown, the inventor of the city cam invented, invented that camera. Mulcahy was the for first the person. For the first film though, wasn't it? No, he had just oh, invented it. Mulcahy sorry. was just the first person to use it in a movie.
2: Ah, He's invented okay. for sport. S- S- similar. Right, I thought it was used for sport after being invented for that movie. No. But,
1: right. Similar to like Rocky being one of the first movies to use the Steticam. cam.
0: It's actually yeah. not the first movie. Oh. There was a movie that used it before then, but everybody thinks about Rocky I didn't running know that. Up the yeah. steps. I did not know that, and that is Garrett Brown who also who also created the Skycam. What yeah. a man! I love the rotting Theatre. Mm. Oh, it's so fucking. The, it's the movie so actually good.
1: Uh, you, you know, interesting vibes. Of the movie actually gave me a little bit of um, Twelve Monkeys.
2: Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. There's there's sprinkles of a lot of things. Yeah. Like some of the buildings are very like uh, also blade fan,
0: runnery. Gilliam's also a fan of like wide angles and yeah. so is Malcahi, right? Mm-hmm. And like wide angle where you can see the distortion. Yeah. They both love that shit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, subject matter, decaying world. Yeah, mm. totally. Yeah, I can see like a kind of it's a palette. It's just taste. Different col- different co- totally different like color palette because yeah. Yeah. Gilliam doesn't do smoke and and, uh, and 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 Brazil wet down the streets. Yeah, it's a different – it's kind of a different vibe. Anyway. Just the rich people littered throughout the, the, (laughs) like – At the the end of the movie, there is a (laughs) disclaimer – that that is not the current state, that is not the regular state of the opera house and does not represent what that opera house looks like (laughs) because they were concerned that people thought it was a shitty opera house. Right. Uh, That's just how they dressed it for this movie. Right. So yeah, he pulls the same Skycam trick moving up and around. He just moves in a circle, which is kind of amazing. Like it's actually not as complicated a shot as the Madison Square Garden one or the non-Madison Square Garden one. We find Connor McLeod, asleep in his box, he's an old man now. Yeah. Fuck this
2: sequence in the opera theater and the flashbacks is just, it shits all over the other cut.
0: Oh yeah, the theatrical mm-hmm. version sucks. Yeah. This cut is such a more, it's the way it's meant to be. Yeah. yeah. So Connor uses his opera glasses to wave at Alan, who's the head of the Shield Corporation. Oh, again, that was mm-hmm. great. We'll You'll meet him properly, we'll meet him properly later. And he hears Ramirez saying, remember Highland. Remember Highland. And the action on stage of a man spinning as he runs up a rock transitions to planet Zeist 500 years ago no it's ancient earth in the director's cut yeah. you fucking cowards <laughs> in the director's cut they had they've replaced like the spaceship the wide shot of the spaceship I a, thought that was it and I was like nah I'm imagining it no they replaced <laughs> the, watching that movie again get to check <laughs> they replaced the whole left side of frame with a, mat, with a new matte painting that is just covering uh, what was there be- before it's a ruined city the colour is off they, mm. the, they have not matched yeah. the colour very well and they've used the fucking atomic dome from Hiroshima as one of the ruined buildings in the background. What? Do you know about the Atomic Dome? No. So when Hiroshima was bombed, the Americans bombed a bridge. Right near there, there was a building that was a domed building. It was like a government building. Okay. It was the only building that was left standing, basically in the, oh. in the kind of like the eye of the of the nuclear bomb. Yeah. It's still standing today as a, as a memorial. Yeah. They have used an image of that building to build their oh. city in the background. It's oh. a bit on the nose. I have been to yeah. that building. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so this replaces, in the theatrical cut, the opening of McLeod, Driving to the opera, explaining Mm. The Shield. The Shield.
3: 25 years ago, it was our saviour. But now, no sun, no stars. Only heat and humidity. It drains the energy from the whole world. We're falling apart, going backward. All cars, all planes, all dreams. The cure is worse than the
0: disease. Ridiculously awkward ADR. Yeah.
2: (laughs) It was a funny way to remind me of his accent, though. (laughs) Like, him coming in with that accent, I was like, oh,
0: fuck, I forgot. He's barely audible. He's the most Belgian Scotsman of all time. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wait, he's not from Scotland. He's from Zeist. Yeah. Because on not Zeist, (laughs) rebels are gathering to hear Ramirez speak. They have hacked the shit out of his dialogue here.
4: Free man of the planet Zeist, hear me. Free man of the planet, hear me. Free men of, of the planet Zeist
0: becomes free man of the planet, hear me. So it's 500 years ago and he's like, he knows what a planet is? Yes. And the yeah. people he's
2: talking to are going to understand what a
0: planet is? Yes. <laughs> I mean, they are speaking English. Yeah. <laughs> And he's, a, he's an Egyptian Spanish man with a Scottish accent. Yeah.
2: Well, is he by this point? Well, yeah.
0: They're meeting for the last time under the yoke of General Katana and without a leader. The crowd are like, you should lead us. But he's like, no, not me. It's somebody else that's with us today. <laughs> the crowd calls for him to show the leader and for the leader to show himself. In a theatrical cut, he says, let them feel the quickening Yeah. that is removed in the, direct, in the director's cut Ramirez pulls his sword and waves it around and then just so points awkward it's <laughs> yeah. so
2: awkward so and he goes no he says something like yes you and it's just so awkward well how the wind <laughs>
0: the wind kicks up come and on Dad! There's, yeah. there's the wind kicks up and there's some lightning because yeah. it's meant to be the quickening yeah, and it, yeah. how did they do the pot
1: <laughs> what the no. pot where no, they no, put no, their no, fingers we'll get to that in a minute okay. sorry how do, how do they justify the timeline <laughs> sorry with the first movie they don't. Okay. <laughs> they, they don't, don't mention and it. I, I respect like, it. So 500 years ago, and... No, no, no. The so, Spaniard and McLeod haven't met, but they have. They've figured out they're they rebels. That's they a thing.
0: But they don't remember.
2: But the thing is, is if uh, he uh, was just, just, if he was in just Egypt, it would have so been longer long. than 500 years ago. Yeah. No, this no, okay, no, okay, wasn't no, Egypt. No, no. This was okay, just 500 so no. years ago.
0: Can I just clear up the timeline? Mm. Let me just clear up the timeline. Yeah. On not Zeist, <laughs> we don't know what time it is. It is an, it's ancient earth. It could be 10,000 years ago. We don't oh, know what the time right. scale Oh, you're right. They then get sent 500 years into the, into the future. Right. Which is. 2024. No, it's, no. it's. When Connor appears in Scotland, Connor is appears in. It gets really complicated. See, by by that time, Connery has been alive since. Yeah, I know. But yeah, Yeah. you're totally right. It doesn't work. You know why it doesn't work? You know why it doesn't work? Cocaine. Yeah, probably. But but you know why it doesn't work? Because they changed them from being fucking aliens.
2: Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's not important.
0: I will talk about something that is in the script that makes it make more sense. When they are aliens. Okay, okay. (laughs) But in this version of the movie, they are not fucking aliens. Right. Cowards. (laughs) Ramirez and McLeod dip their hands in a golden pot for some reason and then touch hands and we get the animated lightning of the quickening bonding them the
2: pot looked weird and I couldn't figure out if it's just special effects it's or if it's special, lighting it's just, mm. special. Okay. just special
1: do you think this was them just trying to expand the idea of the quickening yeah because originally it was just him talking to nature and then yeah. it's actually actually he's just expanding his power it's so just at the magic. end of the movie <laughs> yeah
2: it's, oh fuck off <laughs> stop pointing no, the movie it I mean. it's just magic kinda <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: nothing is properly explained in the in the first movie it's about a connection it's feeling like a connection to all living things yeah. Of nature, right? And feeling the rush of being alive, especially yeah. when you're immortal. Now for
5: the last. Trust me. Let yourself feel the stack. It's hot. beating.
3: What? Of course. feel?
4: Come on! McCloud, come on! I feel it. This is the quickening! Yeah!
0: Don't even get me started that we don't deal with the fucking prize where Connor can feel and think right. and hear everybody's thoughts and is connected to every mm-hmm. human. Mm-hmm. I and fucking forgot about that. Forget about that. Where in this that's movie, he
1: actually mean. just saves the planet because he fixes the ozone
0: layer. Yeah. Like, which is the thing is like they, they wrote themselves into a fucking corner. That movie ends. That movie is the end of the story. Yeah. Mm. So they don't really have a choice. They ha- they're they going to fuck it up somehow, right? It's just a <laughs> yeah, question of so how true. you're going to fuck it up, right? In the theatrical version of this scene, M- Ramirez says – it's the ancient power of the quickening that has joined them. But again, it's not mentioned in the director's cut. This scene is not in the screenplay. There isn't a gold pot, so I don't know where that shit came from. Instead, <laughs> Ramirez and McLeod talk. McLeod asks Ramirez if he's sure that McLeod is the one. The idea of McLeod being the chosen one is way, way more important in the screenplay. Right. Mm-hmm. The idea of there can only be one and Connor being that one is something that is all through the screenplay. And I'll talk more about it as we kind of go, th- kind of go through. So that is completely absent from the movie. Yeah. How there is, is a is, um,
2: Sean Connery's little piece of hand acting when he dips his hand, they do the finger thing. And then he's just like, does a little bit of a point. I would love know on know I'd
0: love to know. I tried to figure it out, but I was just like, honestly, this is just, no, he's drawing a dick. Just, just, yeah. dick. <laughs> Ramirez. In the, in the scene that's in the <laughs> screenplay, Ramirez tells him that he asked too many questions, which is a callback to the first movie. Yeah. Right? And then back in the opera house, there's a battle on stage that becomes the Battle of Not So clean.
2: So clean in the that in transition the in the director's cut, cut yeah. that mm-hmm.
0: stuff is great. They cut backwards and forwards a few times. In the yeah. theatrical cut, they cut to it once. Yeah. They, they run all of the hacked pieces together. And oh my God, does it mm-hmm. not make sense? So yeah. we get two armies fighting in the desert with explosions everywhere. Did you guys notice in the bottom of the frame when you get a shot of of an explosion and two guys flying through the air. Do you notice what was in the bottom of the frame? Oh, no. But I noticed they were nowhere near the explosion.
2: Yeah. what happens with everything.
0: In the director's cut, where you would think that they would fix it, and in the the theatrical version, you can see the air ram that is flipping them into the air. That's mad. You can just see the top of it. The battle is massively expanded in the screenplay. Oh, yeah. They never finish shooting it. There are people on flying discs, In the Battle of Zion. Which would make the the fucking other shit later in the movie make a little bit more sense. It's also meant to just mirror the battle in the first movie where we introduce the Kurgan.
2: Yeah, right. right?
0: And we meet General Katana, played by Michael Ironside. He's a fucking legend. And another one of those guys that just shows up in lots of stuff I saw when Mm. I was a kid. And fucking
2: another Starship Troopers boy. He's in fact in Starship Troopers, yeah. Fucking... um, And the mask. Oh,
0: the mask? Yeah, I'm just putting that in there. I love that movie. Sure. Okay, good for you. His big break was David Cronenberg's Scanners. If you've never seen scandals, oh yeah, I don't think I have. I haven't I seen, seen them. I know all about yeah. it. Yeah, well, there's that clip. There's a famous clip. You don't know uh, it? No. Don't look it
2: up. It's on the list. All I know <laughs> is that other that other thing that I hear in the back of my neck is <laughs> Red Jack's are up next. Yes. Oh, <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> yes, whole <that> movie. <laughs>
0: Top Gun, Total Recall, Free Willy, the next Karate Kid. Total Recall. Yes, fucking Starship Troopers. I love Starship Troopers. I don't like how often you bring it up.
2: Oh, it's one (laughs) of my favorite all-time movies. It's one of my favorite all-time movies
0: too. Yeah, I mean, Paul Verhoeven. uh, Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Perfect Storm, The Machinist. He's still acting. Michael Onside's still acting. Yeah,
2: he's the best. I was going to ask you this. His name came up before Connery, and I was wondering, at that time, was he bigger than
0: Connery? Is that how it works with credits? No. No? Mm. Okay. The Prime Spaces are first and last. Oh, or so if, if you're an if it's, and if or if it's and, and, and or with or, with or with.
2: featuring, so he was <laughs> and Connery, which means he's the bigger name. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: right. Yeah. Tristan, yeah. You either want to be first
0: or you want to be last. Okay. And there is all kinds of contract negotiations about who. Yeah, is what. right. Because I know there's
2: some rules around it. There's not rules. There's contract negotiations. Right. Okay.
0: Yeah. So on a poster, sometimes when on a poster, sometimes when the there's two actors on the poster. Yeah. And but the actor. That's on the right side of the frames. Name is on the left. Yeah, it's because that person's negotiated for their name to be first. Right. Okay. <laughs> Even okay. though they are on the right side of frames. <laughs> in both versions, Katana doesn't really get introduced. He's just kind of there, right? Yeah. Think about the introduction of the of the Kogan. We get a crane down as a shadow passes over his face. Yeah. And he has a line, like a line of dialogue. Katana's intro is in the script, but they shot the fucking cheapest mm. version of it. It is yeah. not like it is in the screenplay. We
2: also get that, like, fucking unbelievably mad silhouette shot of the Kurgan before we actually see his face, don't we? hmm
0: Yeah. So, yeah. in the screenplay, blasting out of the flame and smoke comes Katana. Lean, strong, a formidable enemy, encased in laser-proof armour. He's got some dialogue. They're trapped. Finish them now. I love this part. Turning in the turret of his racing battle wagon... He swings his convoy left, straight into the canyon. Cornered, McLeod and his rebels make a final stand. Cut to Zeist City. Satellite dishes and radio masks choke the roof. Surging crowds watch holograms 100 feet high, different scenes of Katana's violent battle against the rebels. They are watching it live. Back in the canyon floor. McLeod and his men fight heroically. Many of Katana's men die, but finally McLeod and the rebels are captured, dragged off by Katana's men. Anna. It's mm. not in the movie. Yeah. So Zeist is also massively expanded. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited to talk about what's in the screenplay because the screenplay is what excites me about this movie. Yeah. Katana and McLeod talk.
3: My friends in here remind me of you and Mirrors. So deadly in their own.
5: so
3: tame and
0: servile in mine. Maybe they're just waiting. Mm. Katana chokes an eel as some kind of metaphor. <laughs> yeah, so weird. And I'm, it's
2: weird that he chose to say like an eel deadly in their own... I think it was supposed to be a
0: snake. Yeah, is it? It's an eel. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's an eel. But it's a metaphor about like wait, waiting and and whatever, right? Yeah. It's a little... It's a little it doesn't work.
2: Yeah, but yeah. he is menacingly fucking weird in he's, that scene, and I love weird. it. He's just
0: trying to do the Kurgan, though. Mm. He's I not, respect that man too much to say he's doing really. So do I. I feel like he's just trying to do the Kurgan.
1: Is it in the script, though? Is it? Is it like? Is that what they're going for? Is that just like is another he's another Kurgan? He's
0: unhinged like the Kurgan. Right, okay. Yeah. Back with MacLeod of the Opera, what is happening on stage transitions us to the Council of Zeist, where McCloud and Ramirez are exiled to Earth or the future, depending on which version you it want. It's such, it's such
1: an odd punishment. It's so
0: bizarre, right? Okay. So, if they win the prize, they can return to Zeist or Earth. McCloud wants to know how, how uh, if they'll be together, meaning him and him and Ramirez. Not at first, but they have a bond that cannot be broken even by death. McCloud only needs to call for Ramirez, and he'll find him. Both versions that we watched, theatrical and director's cut, are fucking butchered. All of the ADR from both cuts has been created in post-production Yeah, with the priests speaking telepathically. They had lines of dialogue. Right. Right. Because there's a point where like- In the theatrical (sighs) version, they cut it so that they can explain things away quickly. Yeah. Right. In the director's cut, they have to do ADR so that they can change Zeiss to the future. Mm -hmm. They can't use the dialogue that was shot in the scene- Because it all talks about fucking Zeist. The only dialogue they use is when they turn and they're like, shut up. Silence, right? It's a much bigger, more elaborate scene in the screenplay. In the screenplay, a spectacular amphitheater fashioned from rock, packed with spectators. Mm. Five road justices sit high, looking down into the well of the council. Dressed in metal robes and helmet, katanas, features, crease in triumph as McLeod is led and placed into a circle, becoming a thin laser fence. He looks around the courtroom. There stands Ramirez, also a prisoner. There's a bunch of dialogue. Katana asks what the judgment of the court is, and one of the judges says, the crime of rebellion is punishable by death. That is the usual sentence of the council of the purple suns on the planet Zeist. (laughs) There's shouts of no from the crowd, booing from the packed gallery. Katana eyes the judge with glowing alarm. I say execute them right now. More shouts from the crowd. The judge, silence General Katana. It's where the silence light comes from. Yeah. I sentence you to exile from Zeist. The crowd, again, boos. You'll be transported to the planet Earth, each of you to a different time and place. There you'll be reborn. Once you've grown to the age you are now, time itself will take on a new meaning for you. One year on Earth is like one day on our planet. So on Earth, you will be immortal. Furthermore, your memory of this planet and your lives here will be gone until the time of the gathering. For years we have sent men to Earth scattered throughout their history. Men like you who had no place here on Zeist. They will find you, they will try to kill you. You will fight each other down through the centuries in the tr- in our traditional ways with this, holding up a sword. The only release from your earthly or mentality will come if your head is cut from your body, and when one of you is finally the last of us on earth, he will claim the prize. He will have the choice of growing old and dying on earth or returning to Zeist. Katana, livid, no, this isn't fair. McLeod looks at Ramirez. Who'd want to die on a strange planet? I'll be back. Ramirez, I'm counting on it. They all are, pointing to the crowd. Yeah. Will we be together? I don't think so, not at first, but don't worry. I will seek you out, brother, and I will find you always. And then DeJose says, at the end, there can be only one. Ramirez says to Connor, He doesn't know it now, but he is talking about you. Remember it. And then they're transported, dematerialized into the past. That makes so much more fucking sense. And can't use that version in the director's cut (laughs) because it's all about Zeist. Mm -hmm. Because they're fucking cowards. But that
2: also plays with the first movie. Like, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm not that angry at the whole alien
0: thing, man. Then we get... It's in just half-assed aliens, the problem. Yeah, you got to go a yeah. whole ham alien. It's not in the screenplay, though. Yeah. It, yeah. Is in the movie, it is in the theatrical cut because it got hacked as shit. Yeah. And it, it doesn't exist in the director's cut. And they're cowards. And they never finished shooting the movie. And they're cowards. <laughs> then we would have got a montage during the title sequence. A woman in a peasant hunt in Scotland gives birth to a baby boy, MacLeod. A woman in ancient Egypt gives birth... Ramirez. The two boys grow in their respective environments until they are men. MacLeod in his Scottish tartan, and Ramirez in his peacock cape. MacLeod and Ramirez together in Scotland. Ramirez fights the Kurgan and is killed. MacLeod buries Ramirez. He takes his samurai sword. That would have been the opening sequence of the movie. That would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a fucking dope start. Instead, McLeod opens a. <laughs> McLeod wakes up in the opera house. The yeah. show is over. Yeah. I thought so too, Charlie. Yeah, I really his did. old man voice is like. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps it for a little while after he's young again. Yeah.
2: <laughs> because he keeps, like, he he's kind of meshed it with, like, a Boston accent almost. He's like, yeah, I thought so
0: too, Charlie. I can't do it You (laughs) You did that last episode
1: (laughs) I'm going to do it every episode
0: So McLeod drives home And on the news there's a report From TSC News Good
4: evening and welcome to TSC's Night's Report Today's satellite readings from above the shield Confirm that highly dangerous levels of ultraviolet Radiation continue to bombard The planet in the absence of the ozone layer But here below the shield We are protected and safe At a press conference held earlier, the corporation's chief financial officer, David Blake, denied growing rumors of a management shakeup. Alan Damon, president of TSC, was unavailable for comment, and he seems increasingly isolated.
0: It says there's still radiation above the shield. All hail the shield.
4: Uh, (laughs) 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 All hail
0: the shield! This is the first scene that shows off the fancy new visual effects of the city and the shield. I still wish it was a model, but it definitely looks better than it does in a theatrical cut. Yeah. This footage was repurposed for the start of the movie in the theatrical version. version. So this is where he's driving and kind of monologuing and voiceover. McLeod pulls over and tries to call Alan at TSC, but he isn't available, which is also cut from the theatrical version. Some punks confront him for some spare change from the oxygen machine, and then they recognize him as McLeod, and he scares them off with his eyes. Yeah, which doesn't does not play sense. very well. And yeah. Mm. So I only, it know, just that looks
1: tired. I only yeah. know that they
0: look at him and then are like, there's something about this dude because in the screenplay, it describes that. It's also okay. at this point, the McLeod in the screenplay, McCloud looks up at the shield for the first time. So it would have been the first time we see the shield properly. And he says, Brenda, which is where her flashback was meant to be. Right. They end up moving it in the director's cut to later in the movie, yeah, the graveyard. And, but this is where it was meant to be originally. At a dam, but it's actually shield control. <laughs> yeah. Louise, who we haven't met yet, and her terrorist friends from Cobalt zip-line down a slipway to infiltrate the December shield control.
2: The, this looked
0: like fucking fun to film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The director's cut adds back in a conversation between the security guards.
5: I don't see nothing. Could be fish. Fish live in the lake.
4: Not in this lake. Yeah, well, I've seen them.
2: It was a Fish.
0: Fish live in the lake.
2: <laughs> I love that. And then there's a zoom in on the security camera to <laughs> the people.
1: The zoom in on the security camera was ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Would you like to know about the original plan for this? Sequence? Yes, Please. Yeah. The original plan that we're going to shoot, not like in the script or whatever. This is one of those things where they scout a location and then they build something around it. Yeah, like cool. None of this is really in the sc- Is really in the screenplay.
2: Did anyone else want to fucking slide down that fucking dam? Oh, the original
0: yeah. plan was for them to slide down the slipway, <laughs> <laughs> and, they up, and they were movies, and they were all set up to shoot it. When they discovered that it wasn't smooth, there was extruded concrete and metal spikes under uh. the water. So they zagged yep. <laughs> to the zipline version, which took another week for them to rig and test. Yeah.
2: Yep. 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 Wait, there were metal yep. spikes on this. Metal
0: spikes. How are they not told kinds that kinds of stuff? Like, how do you
1: not go
2: like, hey, we want to film in your location, and, and, and someone Lula.
1: goes, hey, what are you doing? Oh, we want to slide down the
0: slipway. Yeah. Oh, you'll you'll kill whoever. You'll you die. Do. Yeah. There is a language barrier. Uh, they were given. They were given permission to turn the water on and off as they needed. Shut the fuck so up. So at a they dam. Could work. Yep screwing over the farmers downstream that relied on that water to grow their crops, crops, and water their livestock. Apparently, the effects of it were felt for years afterwards. No. (laughs) According to Malcahy, in the making of, he's like, yeah, no, we kind of screwed those farmers for like years and years. Fuck. At least he owns up to it. In the shield room, enters Louise Marcus. She flicks her hair, she takes off her helmet so that we're sure she's a woman. Yeah, she pretty. (laughs) Yeah, Louise is played by Virginia Mazden. Her first role was as Princess Aurelian in David Lynch's version of Dune. Okay. But I know her as Helen in Candyman. Candyman. Candyman.
2: (laughs) Every time. Be my victim.
5: Be my victim.
0: Oh, Candyman. I don't know if I've seen She's the movie. She's still working. That movie's great. Yeah? Yeah, that's really good. It's on the list. We're okay. gonna, we'll get to Candyman, Candyman, Candyman.
3: I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom.
5: Without these things, I am nothing. So
1: now I must shed innocent blood. I got frustrated by her as a character.
0: Mm-hmm. Point,
1: yeah, pointless. Well, because yeah. she does not add a thing.
0: Um, unfortunately she suffers from almost the same thing as Brenda, which is the she is there to, for us to discover the story and to and to look beautiful and, and for it, Connor to have for, another love interest. Brenda yeah.
1: actually had motivation well, as, a, as a as a character. Mm,
0: it's also
2: a
1: g- kinda <laughs> <laughs> kinda not. No, but she was investigating. She was like, oh, I'm a sword expert. Until so she wasn't though. <laughs> yeah, she yeah.
2: Was, yeah. yeah,
0: When she was a metallurgist into into medals for the New York police. I Katana. forgot how great that first <laughs> who, movie was. Who wrote, a, who wrote a book that was very specific about Katanas. Yeah. yeah perfect. Yeah. General Katana. No, sorry. This, this one just like, she just arrives. Yeah. And yeah. Can we also talk about how lazy it is to just name the dude General Katana? I know, Katana? right? I know.
2: <laughs> Katana
0: wins. I just kept doing that throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. They break into a room where the laser for the shield is and she inserts a chip in to take a reading above the shield and it says the radiation is normal. (laughs) The theatrical cut hacks the shit out of the sequence so much that she teleports rooms. Mm. She's in the the laser room. (gasps) That's because right. In this, because and in then the she's like I'm cut. hacking the computer, or the and then card, she's back in. Yeah, in the yeah, director's yeah. cut, she's in the laser room. She puts the chip in. They go to a computer so that she can read the information from the computer. Yeah. And then they get it, and then they, the alarm goes off. Right. In this, they just teleport her from the in the electrical cut. They just teleport her from the laser room to the yeah. to the other room. Alarms go off, and they get chased out by. Um, Was it a Code Brown? They call it. Code, uh, code, co- code, blue. code blue, blue and then blue. red. And code, yeah, code blue. There's a nice piece of helicopter flying low along the slipway. Yeah, that was fucking dope. Yeah, it's pretty good. And as, there was. As the TSE guys fire at her with the accuracy of stormtroopers. Yeah.
1: And yep. so many people firing machine guns at her. Like, there were so many people in this oh, set piece. Oh, yeah. How
0: did they knock down absolutely- They were fucking massive set pieces. Yeah. yeah. And then we will never worry about this terrorist organization. Yeah, <laughs> <No, it's laughs> she ducks again. behind a hill. She ducks behind a rock. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> In the screenplay, it's kind of a prank. Huh? What? She's not getting into the shield laser to take a reading. She gets in there and she projects Cobalt's protest slogan, reach for the sky into the shield. (laughs) No. And then gets the readings while she's there. the, The readings are not have anything to do with it. She's just a terrorist that, like, pranks the shield for fun. She's Banksy. Oh,
1: that's for shield. so shit.
0: <laughs> yep. I mean, yeah, okay. Okay, sure. That gives her less yep. volition. And while in both versions of the movie that we watch, we then get a shot of McLeod pulling up at a bar, mm. in the script is a completely unshot flashback that makes Katana's motivations clear.
1: Oh. Because uh, that wasn't clear throughout the whole film.
0: Zeiss City. A mob enters the city. They pack an in a courtyard, cheering and waving their fists. They stare at gigantic 100-foot high screens on which is seen McLeod fighting the Kurgan with the caption on screen, Earth, July 4th, 1985.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Is The Gathering just plain entertainment for Zeiss? Is it just them watching the Super Bowl?
0: May I continue? Continue. They are watching it as it happens. There is Toteboard quoting Odds. The mob in the pit is betting furiously on the outcome. That makes so MacLeod much sense. McLeod beheads the Kurgan. Throwing back his head, the window explodes. McLeod receives the prize. Katana standing on a balcony. He won't get away with this. Somebody random asks him, what are you going to do, General? Brushing him aside, Katana speaks to the crowd. On giant screams, McLeod looms large oh sure he's got the prize but he chooses to become mortal and grow old and die on earth he's never coming back the crowd boos him bring back mcleod bring back mcleod chants the crowd you fools don't you understand damn it never never the crowd drones him out bring back mcleod he is the one no wonder he fucking hates him that makes so much more sense katana continues extremely overwrought. His history. He chose mortality and death. I, Katana, rule the planet Zeist. I am the Chancellor of the Council of the Purple Suns. The crowd boos and hisses him. He throws a switch. McCloud's image disappears and is replaced by his own. The crowd boos louder. Katana storms away. So in the script, McCloud is becoming a legend. Yeah. So Katana's fears that he's going to come back and the people are going to rebel against him. Yeah. He's meant to be like their new king or leader. That's the prize. Where the fuck is that movie? Not on the screen. Right? I know. In the director's cut, we see Katana watching McCloud via a fucking terribly composited video screen with the council. McCloud hasn't decided to come back yet. He still has time to come back to them. So then Katana summons Cordo and Reno, porcupine, <laughs> porcupine goons, Porky goons, as you were, if you were flying people. He wants them to leave for the future immediately. In the script, there's three of them. Right. No. production could only afford two porcupine people. <laughs> they're so fucking shit too. Like I love how weird they oh, are, yeah. but like they're shit. But they, <laughs> all they're giving me is like Mad Max vibes. Like, yeah, not, it's well, not. Okay, isn't Australian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean Razorback is kind of Mad Maxy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I mean I love that movie. In the script, they arrive back and interrupt a wine tasting. What? Okay. That Mackay is doing. I don't know. They interrupt. I mean that fucking Mackay. Yeah, Mulcahy's the name the group. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was ever shot. Right. It's just in the script. Not because, it, probably because it's not needed. No. Yeah. In the theatrical cut, this scene is cut down and then moved to right before they fight. But they still use Louise looking at the effect of their arrival in the shield. Mm. But they haven't arrived yet. Oh, right.
1: It's yeah. just all wonky. It's yeah. so wonky.
0: McLeod goes to a bar and then puts a song on the jukebox. Queen. The kind of magic. Yeah, they must have the soundtrack from the first movie in that jukebox. Yeah. McLeod <laughs> <laughs> knows the bartender Jimmy, and they watch a news report about the terrorist attack on the Shield facility by Cobalt. David Blake, head of the Shield Corporation, calls it insanity. I will talk about him later when he first appears. I know. Okay. <laughs> I can just. My man. I can just figure. They show a photo of Louise. He calls her a pretty girl, and then we see her getting changed and looking at a note that tells her where she can find McCloud. Yeah. Where did that come from? She just mm-hmm. has it. Somebody, she's asked somebody. She's got that information from somewhere. Yeah, okay. And she's clearly looking for McCloud because now she's got this information that she wants him to do something about. Right. And in, the,
1: in the director's cut, it, it almost feels like immediately after she's escaped the helicopter. Is. Yeah. She's getting
0: changed out of, her, out of her scuba suit.
1: Okay, so the timeline of their thing is <laughs> they get in there, they go, oh, shit. The ozone's fine.
0: And then she goes they looking for McLeod. They seem
1: surprised and then she's like, "Somehow, someone's already given me his address. Yeah, yeah
0: it's like- so true. Well, not his address, a bar he frequents. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I doesn't guess make gets, any sense. Yeah, he's an old man he that doesn't, really doesn't do much yeah. except go to the opera. Is he that hard to find? Seriously, we <laughs> start
0: talking about everything that doesn't make sense in this movie, yeah. no. this is going to be a 6 part. Yeah. A drunken woman harasses McLeod about turning the world to shit and she attacks him with a bottle, cutting his hand after there's a bunch of business, so I'm not going to do all the Mm -hmm. business. Yeah. At this point, Cordo and Reno, the two Pocky goons, arrive through the shield. If they're from the past, why did they leave the planet to get here?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: At a shield facility, they want to know what the hell that was. And then, yes, Louise, walking the catwalks, looks at the shield and sees the effect of them having come through. And that makes sense when it's here. Yeah. Not when it's in the other spot. In the bar... McLeod's hand heels. in the script, in the movie.
1: Oh, you know. Really see it, you in don't really the Never see it.
0: It is. It's a stop. Yeah, you do. It's a piece of stop motion animation. Is that of his when of the bartender his, chases off the yeah, nobody yeah. woman? Yeah, it's and it's yeah. stop motion. I don't know why it's all stop I remember motion.
1: in the director's one is him just pouring himself more drink, being like, yeah, yeah, he does do that, that as well.
0: Slightly well. more goofy, but he it does. We see it he's cut out of the theatrical version because in the theatrical version, Cordo and Reno haven't been sent yet. Right, so he's doesn't not. Any it doesn't make oh, sense. So he's not a He's yeah. not a mortal Yeah. So the movie, like, the by, logic them its re, own logic by them is just by them trying to like, by them trying to like just butt a bunch of stuff together, like, so Cordo and Reno go through the shield and then they fight McLeod instantly. They shoot themselves in the fucking face by having to take out McLeod's hand healing, which makes more sense in the in the sense of the movie. Like that adds to the movie. Also, why is there a time
2: skip from? The like in the script, why is there a time skip from him sending the assassins to him being because old? of the
0: time thing? Because one year on Zeist is longer on Earth, but didn't we, he go straight to the assassins and go, Hey, go kill him? Yes, in 1985 in real time on Zeist, but it they don't arrive until. Twenty f- till twenty five years later on Earth because of the time because di- of the time difference. <laughs> so like, in the God. director's cut, no, no. no. So in that's the- that's not how time travel works. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not, but yeah, but okay, yes, but again, it's like <laughs> yeah. which fucking version, right? Yeah, so uh. in the screenplay. It's explained- Because they're aliens. Because they're because they're aliens and there's a time <laughs> difference yeah. between planet Earth and planet yes. oh, Mars. Oh, so when yeah. they get Which is there. The, and the time difference is what makes them immortal on Earth. Yeah. It's like Superman being, being powerful on Earth because of Earth's yellow now, sun.
1: Yeah, but no, that just assumes that the time difference, it takes them- like, Yes. So, so say, for example, it's 25
0: days- um, let's not do the fucking math the I'm 20 20 25 days place. on earth is 20, 25 doing, years we're not we're ma- doing straws here yeah. not a math pod
1: no 25 <laughs> days in earth is 25 years in Zeist
0: something like that it right. takes
1: 25 days for them to get from Zeist to earth because he goes get over there now yeah like anyway. a day yeah. after or so whatever kills whatever, whatever it him, is but it right. makes sense
0: but it, it doesn't well it doesn't make sense but it's explained in the, sc- in yeah, the screen yeah there's right? at least a logical jump it's just not jump. a good explanation again like this is what I was I had so much fear about this episode about you guys remembering what happened in what version and then I'm trying to find the Screenplay in today. Let's, just, keep on tra- let's okay. just fucking keep on track. Like I have so just many notes,
2: track. and I'm just like, I have fucking just, no idea. Just I'm just
0: going to react to what you say. <laughs> if there is something specifically you want to talk about, just fucking jump. Please okay. jump in, but I will continue to talk for the next six hours. <laughs> McLeod leaves the bar, and Louise introduces herself. He tries to blow her off. He's just had some unfortunate news. Did someone die? Unfortunately, not. Yeah, I love those little bits. She then kind of gives him shit. She used to admire him and his passion for the world, but it's gone now. In the screenplay, it makes it very clear. I think they do mention it in the director's cut, but she used to work at the Shield Corporation. Like, that yes. is her background. In the, oh.
2: in the theatrical cut, that's said very is clearly. Is it? Right, yeah. okay, yeah. Um, I will say, him saying the. Uh, uh, unfortunately not is the first introduction of some of the fucking hilarious bits in this movie there is between him and her oh no no no. there are just some fucking like almost manic crazy funny bits in this movie yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) there's almost too much happening yeah Mm -hmm. like in both versions of the movie It's such an assault on the senses. I know. That you almost don't realize the subtleties. I actually had to go back through my notes at one stage because I realized I was just talking about plot mechanics and there were so many other things that I wanted to talk about from like a craft and production point of view Mm -hmm. that I had to do a craft and production past.
2: Yeah. Like, dude, I remember watching the theatrical cut and I'm so glad you made this watch a theatrical cut first because it was such an assault on the senses that yeah. I just had to well,
0: let it wash over me. Actually, it's 10 minutes bef- between the opening of the movie and Z- Planet Zeist 500 <laughs> yeah. years ago. But like, uh, y- that's why I think I
2: love it because I just stopped fighting it at one point and I was just like, it, let everything it, hit me. It, you do just need
0: to give in. Yeah. <laughs> to the quickening. <laughs> <laughs> she gets in his car And he's like, okay, whatever. She needs his help. So he he drives off. The world's dying. The numbers don't add up. Blake is hiding something. So in the script, she doesn't know that the radiation is normal. Yeah. McLeod uh, thinks that she still works at TSC. So they have a conversation about that. And then he starts to feel the old magic. Mm. The quickening. Cordo and Reno arrive. McLeod stops the car (laughs) And then tricks her into getting into a bin.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he, or he keep, is he doing that to like- To keep her safe. Yeah. To get her he out he of the way. Her?
0: he knows He he like there's lightning and shit. Yeah. In the script, they talk about the fact that it, there's never lightning underneath the shield. And so there's lightning right. for the first time underneath the shield. And it's really just the quickening shit that's yeah. happening. Because two immortals, you know, like, it's like static electricity rubbing against each other. Mm-hmm. Cordo and Rena Reno attack McLeod one at a time for some reason. Because <laughs> it's his turn. Yeah. Because movies. The yeah. script says that it's Reno that attacks first. I can't tell the difference between them, so I'm just mm-hmm. gonna I don't think there is one.
1: Assume that that is correct.
0: Yeah. McLeod calls for R- Ramirez, but nothing happens. He ends up fighting Reno on a catwalk with a pipe that he steals. I fucking love this. <laughs> I love, who does, this. He, I love who, this. Who, who does
1: he thank when he pulls the pipe up? He's like, Thank you. No, He's
0: thanking <laughs> no, <laughs> he's Ramirez. Uh, right? Cordo blows up a cop car a marquee of a theater fucking collapses where yeah, yeah. is like doing his shit. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of love this fight. It's this fucking is the giant awesome. Set. This yeah. is the set, yeah. And
2: like as he's running up the stairs, the like front of the stairwell falls off. Yeah. As they're like fighting, he cuts chains and a whole thing falls. Yeah. It is fully- It's video good action. Ga- it's it's yeah. a
0: video game I love, set piece. I love the yeah. production design. I love the catwalks and the fire escapes. There's a mm-hmm. beautiful shot. Rolling onto the train. It's fucking awesome. Well, I haven't got to the, tra- I haven't got to the train yet. But uh-huh. there's a beautiful. There's a beautiful shot of- Kind of going up a fire escape, and then just the shadow of mm. of yeah. uh, Reno the wall. Yeah, and like, it's just okay. he's doing his Highlander shit here. Yeah, yeah. and it works. it This mm. stuff, this stuff actually works.
2: It's just so like gothic and brutalist as well. Yeah.
0: The ho- all the sets, yeah. I fucking love it. I'll talk more specifically about sets later. Yeah, on. mad. They fall on top of a train that yes runs down the middle of the street for reasons. It's because they want the train there's lots of little details in this scene that stick out to me as a sign of the lack of time that they had slash attention to detail twice when metal breaks off something one by laser shot to the metal fire escape and another when uh reno kicks a railing Mm. off so that he can jump down to the train is it back in the next shot no both times the pieces of metal that fall off are perfectly square oh yeah like the ends were because they were rigged to fall off. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that that is something that Mulcahy would have lived with in the first movie. No, but he clearly didn't have time to read to have that. That's re- really interesting. Something. It's just a tiny thing, right? Like it's Mulcahy is a detail yeah. guy. Yeah. So how the fuck does he let that fly? Well, like, he has to because like, it's a bit it of fun. Time. He has to because he doesn't have time. He's dealing with special effects people that maybe don't speak the same language as Right. Him, right. And then they rig it and they do it and the producers are like, "Well, you got it." And he's like, yeah, but it's like we could do one where like it bends and it's more interesting. Yeah. They don't have time or the craft or the skill or the whatever yeah. to be able to do that. But Reno ends up under the under the train. Yeah. His head coming off, it's great.
2: This, I wanted to know, <sighs> I, is it, it as soon as the shot starts, he's a model? Or uh, at a certain point, does he
0: become a model? Well, a mannequin. Mannequin, yeah. yeah a model is not, a model and a mannequin are not the you same You know what thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's Yeah. We... Follow the classic quickening lightning from Reno's head as Mm -hmm. it finds McLeod. And then they blow up all fucking four blocks of their set. It
2: was yep. fucking wild. They went over the top. Oh, man. Nah. it is insane. They're, yeah, I nah. love it. Yeah, just the 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 cans. Yeah, popping off the ground was fucking awesome. So,
0: again, it's reflecting when the Kurgan killed Castagir in yeah. the, the first one, and they blew all those glass bricks. Yeah, I remember in, in the Victorian. It's almost things. the same glass mm. that they blow. They up. They do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, they do. The, use the same glass. Yeah, it's because it's great. The yeah. explosion took weeks to rig no Oof. one take
1: oh <laughs> Oof. Yep. yeah you only get there can be only one there yeah. can be
0: only one take like over set like that six size six different cars up. like now, they don't do it all whole block now, admittedly they don't do it all one time you have the, like the gas station that blows up and that's done kind of like separately and right. then they blow all the windows and so they do it in, they do it in pieces it's not right. just one rolling explosion mm-hmm. but the windows all going is like in, it's just in, it's just insane. how would they yeah. have done the um the cans Oh, there's just, just a little, little, there's a little, there's little squib underneath it. Oh, really? And then it's just timed sequentially. I just
2: thought it would have been a sound and a string, and I was like, oh, does it look like that with
0: No, because they have a little pop to them. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. It causes a tanker that is on the street to split into two and lose its load. The painted lips I love it. of the tanker is so Mulcahy. It's just <laughs> such a good little touch, it man. kisses McLeod. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> who is a... Who, is a mannequin for all of this because yeah. otherwise he is fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. In the director's cut you can see the cables pulling the t- pulling the tanker. Oh, I didn't know. There's lots of little things like that where things that they got away with in SD in standard mm, definition. Just did not try when to things get scanned to a high resolution. you the can only just see thing, things, but I love all that stuff. I like being able to see the seams.
2: Yeah, yeah, the only thing like that that I noticed throughout the whole movies, both cuts, was the sword that the bad guy uses is not the same all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's
0: lots of there's lots of things like that. There's yeah. something very specific later that we'll talk about. I know, about. The I bet time. I know. <laughs> yeah, no what yeah. It is so he walks out of the fire, out of the explosion, young. Yeah, mm. so good in the script. The third assassin is there as well. Yeah. His name is Trout. I have to read the script too. Yes, please. The tanker explodes in a gigantic fireball. Trout and Corder each give each other high fives. Their <laughs> mission to Earth is accomplished. What was Katana so worried about? Behind them, now immortal, once again, McLeod emerges through a wall of raging fire. The 30, year, 30 years old at the peak of his powers and pissed <laughs> off. The dumpster. Louise nearly has a heart attack. Holy shit. She was staring at a man who was old a moment ago and now is a sexy (laughs) 30-year-old hunk.
3: Oh my
0: god! And that is where we're going to end Highlander Part 2, the quickening, aka okay, Highlander 2, the director's cut. This is me just doing this solo, because we weren't sure where we were going to cut it. So, uh, I don't know. Don't come back in two weeks for the second part. It's not a very good time. Actually, it's a pretty good time. You should come. I don't know. Whatever. Do your thing. Who cares? Don't like. Don't subscribe. Wicked video. I have no idea how to end this. I can be the only one. And seen. Bye.
4: can do some amazing things with his sword. But you've never seen anything like this. Because now, for the first time ever, we're releasing a Highlander sale catalog, where you'll see some of the most dramatic slashing, slicing, and cutting in the show's six-year history. That's right. Inside this catalog, you'll find prices that have been chopped down to the bone on all your favorite Highlander merchandise. This includes video, swords, jewelry, clothing, games, music, accessories, and much more. Deals this good may be hard to handle, but keep your head together and order your free sale catalog now. If you do, you'll also be eligible to receive a free collector's edition dagger or satin jacket. So race to the phone and call now. Don't wait. Call now for your free Highlander sale catalog while you can. Because like Duncan's enemies, this catalog and its savings won't be around for long.